Welcome, everyone. This is uh, Sean Eakins. I'm the general manager for the Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. Today, I'm here to talk about uh, the Co-op Scoop. It's our audio podcast, and we're going to be featuring interviews with farmers, food artisans, co-op movers and shakers, and even some bakers. Every week, we intend to bring you a large scoop of food knowledge, highlighting one of the most bountiful food regions in all the land. Good morning, everyone. This is Sean Eakins, uh, back with another episode of the Co-op Scoop. Today, uh, we have a uh, special guest. Um, we're welcoming uh, La Familia Counseling Center's uh, Rachel Rios. And if anyone's not familiar, La Familia Counseling Center has a mission to improve the quality of life for at-risk youth and families of diverse backgrounds by offering multicultural counseling, support and outreach services, and programs to help families to overcome adversity and become empowered and to succeed in their lives. Rachel is the executive director of La Familia Counseling Center and has over 30 years of diverse experience working with youth and community on issues. Began her leadership role at La Familia in 2012. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. I know you've got a lot going on. And um, but before we talk La Familia, I just wanted to really get uh, your background, um, you know, before you joined um, the family there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So um, I actually started my career in nonprofits. I, I started at an organization called Consejos, and it was actually across the street from La Familia. This was many oh, years wow. ago. Um, and then I went to work for a runaway shelter, Diogenes. And then somewhere in there, I took a different path. And um, I went to work for the state as a parole agent in, in um, Southern California, South Central, and then came back to Northern California. I am from Sacramento. And so, you know, that that job that I took down there, who knew it would lead to a very successful career in juvenile justice? Um, I worked for the California Youth Authority, which later um, rebranded as the Division of Juvenile Justice, and I retired as the agency director. So that is a huge, you know, um, just kind of a huge leap from a, a young person who herself was a runaway, who um, really, you know, the first person in my family to go to college um, and really to kind of work in a law enforcement role and work with um, youth in that area to, to lead the agency, you know. Um, and then from there, I um, retired um, to come to work back with my love, which is in nonprofits, and and was so fortunate that La Familia was looking for an executive director at that time, and to be able to come back to an agency that I'd known for many years, that I'd loved for many years, and to be able to work with this group of people. Right. Wow. Sounds like full circle, uh, getting all that experience and then coming back to use it back home. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes, you know, recognizing that many of the issues that bring people to juvenile justice or criminal justice agencies are things that could have been handled at local levels with early interventions. And this gives us the opportunity to address that. Right. One thing I was going to ask real quick before we get into just what you offer there, but um, your mission and the values, I just was so impressed with. Um, the mission is simple and to the point, but the values are really robust. Is there? Anything you can point out there that you really uh, are proud of with that or all of it? <laughs> yeah, you know, our founders were really visionaries um, when they created our organization. And and one of the things that they did back in the 70s, they wrote a book called uh, The Enchilada Approach to Reawakening Therapy. And I always tell oh. everyone it was the 70s. OK, so, right. you know, um, <laughs> but 
in that book, they identified eight principles of cultural responsivity. And when you think about that, that wasn't something that people were talking about back then. And these principles were, you know, really centered around how to reach young people um, in mental health, but also services. And they are something that we have um, recently uh, done a research project on and are, will be launching our curriculum. We've rebranded it called Culturas, Culture of Health, and, um, and we'll be doing some training on those eight principles. But it just tells you that the people who, the founders who created this organization were so intentional and, and so visionary in that their values would be, you know, throughout this almost 50 years, we'll be celebrating 50 right. years next year and are still relevant and, and appropriate for today. Yeah, it caught my eye because we're very value and principle driven at the cooperative and, uh, you know, and yeah, it just, it was very impressive. So I just, I wanted to bring that up, but, uh, but then, you know, we can talk, what are the services really that La Familia Counseling Center provides for the community? Well, we offer a lot of services, you know, I think most people don't recognize just all of the breadth of services that we offer, but we are rooted in mental health. That is one of our core services. We are a mental health provider for um, Medi-Cal eligible children, zero to 21. So we do children's behavioral health. Um, we do a short-term mental health program for Spanish-speaking adults. That was part of that research project I talked about, um, our Centro Apoyo Latino. And it was part of a Communities Reducing Disparities project by the state. And then we also do a program called Supporting Community Connections to really address the stigma associated with mental health, reduce suicide, um, really just kind of um, bring people into that space to understand what mental health is. Those are our mental health core programs. But beyond our, our mental health services, we operate our birth and beyond. We are one of the nine family resource centers here in Sacramento, where we offer home visitation, crisis intervention. Our family resource center offers parenting groups, early learners, school readiness, um, parent cafe, you name it, you know, we offer services. It is a child abuse prevention program, but it's really to strengthen families and to address a lot of the challenges that parents have. Um, first five is, is a big supporter, um, but it goes beyond first five. We know that children going into school need that support. Parents need that support. So it is um, a program for all families. And then another one of our core programs is our career center. We have a free computer lab where people can come in, use it to apply for jobs, pay bills. Um, it is a, it's open to the community, but we also do job readiness workshops and, you know, we place people into jobs. We work with employers. Um, right now, a lot of employers are looking for employees. So we're trying to make those matches, you know, give people information on digital literacy. We find that so many families and people are not necessarily equipped with all of the things that they need in today's world to be able to apply for jobs or to use the technology. So we work with them in that area. And then we partner with um, Highlands to offer an adult GED program, high school education, um, English as a second language, you know, so that we can offer um, adults those opportunities. Right. So in addition to our career center, we have youth programs. You know, we, we're, we're founded on youth. So we have things like a Girl Scouts club. We have a homework club. We have Youth Voice, which is our you know, program for young people to get together every week and talk about issues as well as do some um, activities and learning activities. We'll do pop-up events you know, to keep young people busy during you know, the weekends. Um, and we have case management programs for at-risk youth you know, that may 
teachers or parents or even probation can refer to us to come in and work with people. Um, career exploration, we'll do paid internships to give young people who graduate from high school but aren't quite sure what they want to do an opportunity to be placed in jobs where we'll pay for that so that they can see if this is something they want to do and then connect them to that educational oh, wow. you know, program. And then we have an alternative high school on our site at Maple. We're a partner with Sava. They provide that high school. What else do we do? Our health programs, you know, prior to COVID, we were doing Medi-Cal enrollment. We were doing classes and workshops on chronic disease management. We had a senior citizen group to really address isolation. And then we still continue to do that. But um, with COVID, we've really been a strong leader in helping with you know, information about COVID, providing PPE, testing, weekly testing, um, and then vaccination events all over, including working with our farm worker communities and making sure that they are healthy and safe. You name it. There's so many other things that we do, but um, it's really partnerships. So at both of our centers, we have two sites and at both of our centers, we partner with different organizations. And so if we don't do the service, we connect community to who can do the service for them. Wow, that's uh, that's a pretty amazing array of programs. Um, And who uh, who can participate in the programs? Anyone. Our programs are open to the public. We don't charge fees for our programs. You know, there are some programs that do have some eligibility requirements. For example, children's mental health is for Medi-Cal eligible children. Um, our, some of our employment programs, you know, they need to have right to work documents. Um, and then a few of them have a zip code, you know, that they're right. targeting. But most of our programs are open to the general public. And again, um, there are no fees, um, you know, associated with services. That's awesome. Well, and you mentioned mental health. Um, you know, I just wanted to really briefly, um, yeah, obviously with COVID and these lockdowns, I think uh, you hear more and more about mental health really being a pandemic of its own, um, if you want to call it that. Um, and I just wonder, um, what have you seen over the last couple of years as that become an even more prevalent service that you offer? Yeah, you know, um, we we recognize that Mental health has existed for a long time. You know, as I said, our founders back in the 70s were already talking about addressing this. Um, The good news is that we are reducing the stigma. So more people are feeling comfortable talking about mental health and mental wellness. Right. And and what they can do. Um, I think the more that we talk about it, the more we normalize, the more people will come in and, and request services. We have seen an increase in um, need for children's mental health services. Um, when the pandemic first hit, we a lot of our referrals for youth come from schools. You know, school counselors or teachers who see a youth that may need help will make a referral. And so we were concerned when kids weren't in school, who's going to make those referrals? You know, unfortunately, what we saw is that referrals were coming sometimes from hospitals, which meant that youth were having episodes that required that level of care. We received a lot of referrals from hospitals, which was a jump and a spike in what we had previously seen. We also saw parents coming in, and we think that's a positive in that parents were acknowledging and recognizing that their children needed help, and they knew that there was a safe place that they could come to. I think as we look at mental health, we need to continue to learn more you know, there are situations that create crisis in all of our lives. And and that how we address that is different from someone who has an ongoing mental health issue, right? 
Um, and then we also have to look at the piece of addiction that sometimes gets connected to mental health. And so it is a very broad issue. We are hoping that we can have more conversations on it. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so um, uh, tomorrow, I think we are working um, with the National Real Estate Association and having a symposium over on Howe Avenue um, to just talk about mental health. We have a couple of things that we're doing. You know, we'll be doing workshops. Again, no question is it's it's important, you know, for people to ask questions. They shouldn't right. they should not feel um, inhibited by asking any question about it. We do some workshops called Recognizing the Signs, Mental Health First Aid, What Is It? Um, and we do these in English and Spanish so that, you know, all communities can benefit from this information. So I really appreciate you talking about it because it is such an important issue um, that's really a pandemic of its own. Right. Well, and it sounds like, to your point, you know, the, the founders could see that. And so what a time for you to be able to step up, you know, to something that was a new, new for everybody to deal with this, you know, specific situation. So but you're already ready for it. Um, I'd say that's a good and a bad thing. You know, it's a silver lining, I guess, in all this. So, but thank you for that, that work that you're already there doing. So, um, and then a quick question, just cause we touched on it. You said you have two locations, but where's the uh, Maple neighborhood, uh, center located just so folks know. So the Maple neighborhood center is at 3301 37th Avenue and Maple was an old elementary school that we repurposed about okay. seven years ago. It's going to be going on eight years ago um, that we repurposed, and it is a community center. We have a couple of partners out there. Fairytale Towns Adventure Playground is out there. 916 Inc. is out there. They do amazing work with literature. Again, our Highlands Adult Ed is there, and then, of course, our programs. And then our main site is located at 5223 34th Street, and we have our career center there, our Birth and Beyond program. We have a gym. We're going to start basketball. We were doing oh, wow. karate here. So just a lot of different services at both sites. And then just one more thing, we are in the process of creating what we are calling the Opportunity Center. It will be located right across the street from the Maple Center so we can consolidate all our programs, make it easier for the community. And the, the Opportunity Center will offer more training programs because we see that that's a big gap and right. people able to be trained for careers of the future. And so um, that is coming soon. We hope to break ground later this year. And, oh, wow. um, and so we'll definitely invite folks to come out and join us for that event. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, then how many youth and families do you currently have enrolled um, in your programs? Oh, gosh, you know, we have thousands of, of kids enrolled. So it just depends on which program, right? So we have um, for our mental health program, you know, we enroll over 300 young people in direct clinical services through clinicians, our psychiatrists, and our behavioral health partners. Um, but in addition to that, in our adult program, we see many people through our workshops, right? So we, we do workshops throughout, and we've done them throughout the, the uh, pandemic, whether they'd be smaller in person or through Zoom. Again, in our career center, we have over 1,500 people who walk in, you know, on a yearly basis to be able to access services, and we provide um, um, direct services, enrollment, um, and workshops for over several hundred people. Um, our Birth and Beyond program has maybe a little over 100 people that are in the home visiting program, but we, again, thousands of people participate in our family events, our parent cafe, you know, all of our, our parenting classes. And then our youth, the same thing, you know, we have young people who come in, we have a summer lunch program that we offer 
and every year we we serve you know close to four thousand lunches. So we have you know at least a hundred kids that come through that program, and then our youth boys program. We have case management programs that we enroll about forty in our at risk program, another twenty five in the internship program. So I would say hundreds of youth that we serve every year. Our pop up events, you know, usually have more than fifty kids up to 100 kids that show up at any event. And we do one large pop-up event every month and one smaller pop-up event. So thousands of of people are, um, you know, served through La Familia and through our our events. That's amazing. Um, I think the other thing I was going to ask, you mentioned it a little bit, but just um, being able to reach you during COVID. um, I know all of us have, you know, been using Zoom and whatnot, but uh, you mentioned, have you been able to stay connected with the kids the whole time pretty effectively? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we did some fun Zoom things with them. Like we would do, um, we'd, we'd call porch drop-offs. So we would do like a cooking class on a Friday. Like let's make pizza together and drop off all the ingredients so that they oh, wow. can pizza for their families. And those were a lot of fun. So we had to be really creative. Because quite honestly, we really didn't do teleservices before right. the pandemic. So we all had to learn um, <laughs> this and, and to be able to do it. We would do small um, events, you know, at least like our mental health program has, um, the county has a youth voice and choice. So um, if youth wanted to be seen in person, we would see them in person. Of course, okay. we just the precautions. Right. A lot of times that was the best way to be able to provide that service. and so. Little by little, we started to do in-person things. What we found early on in the pandemic is that when we would get youth together, they didn't want to go home because right. they were just happy to be around each other, right? I bet. <laughs> um, so more and more, you know, as we've moved through the pandemic, it's about opening those doors, starting to have more events, being creative, getting people together. A lot has, you know, a lot has happened throughout this last two years. A lot of dynamics have changed. Young people are going through a lot. And so we want to be responsive and kind of meet them where they are. Um, but yes, we continue to do it. And we've started in April having these cultural events. And then we do these kind of informational things for our young people so that they learn about different cultures. So we did Nauru's in April. Uh, this weekend, we're doing the first Hmong American Day with um, two organizations. And the young people are having a workshop tomorrow, I think, on why it's important in understanding, learning about other um, cultures. And then we hope to do something in June for Juneteenth. So just different ways to sneak some learning in is what we always say. Sneak (laughs) the learning in and have some fun and also really create community, you know, unity. Yeah. And then you mentioned some of the events. What are the other big events in 2022 that you have left coming up? I was just meeting with the youth right now and they've got some great ideas, you know, um, you know, of course, we're doing um, the big event this weekend, which is the Hmong American Day. We hope in June to do the Juneteenth. Yes. We'll be doing the um, the uh, summer program that will kick off. We're just waiting to hear what the dates are for school when okay. school ends, and then we'll kick that off. Um, that's going to be a big thing. Then once we get to fall, we have all these events. We do um, a health and safety fair. You know, every September we do that. In in October we do trunk or treat, so the kids can come by. We'll do something for um, like food giveaways in okay. November, and then December is our big um, posada event um, where we have you know hundreds of people who come out, and we just kind of 
celebrate the winter holidays, you know, um, and be able to help those, you know. So a lot of events going on all the time. Look at our calendar. You know, we we usually have, uh, you have all these different programs. I know in May, they're also doing a Mother's Day event, kind of a pampering moms, you know, um, you know, a brunch open to anyone. You know, we just want to say thank you. And we'll do something like that in June for for fathers, just a way to kind of say thank you to the parents who've been right. really, you know, impacted so much. Right. And right now with all of the stuff going on, it's just even harder. Right. I know my uh, my wife and I have six boys between us uh, and four of those are teenagers. So uh, and then it's almost two year old. So I definitely uh, I feel for my mom just having me because I was a handful. So. Um, but yes, uh, we are fortunate, but also have seen the challenges firsthand as well. So, um, just boys, um, they got to come out and do some, I think we're working with the South Republic to be able to do a soccer event soon. Um, you know, so we're super excited. The South Republic sponsored our, they revamped our tennis court. So we have this beautiful futsal court now at our Maple Center. And so we are working with them to be able to put together an event, um, you know, probably in June. Um, so we hope that, you know, come on out and have those, um, young guys burn off some energy. I know. Right. <laughs> if I even mention the word boredom to this day, I get a smack in the head. So my mom always kept me busy. So I was one of those latchkey children. So I was always getting into some kind of trouble. So, <laughs> um, so, and then another thing, um, how can folks uh, become involved with the organization? How can they help? Yeah, well, we're in the process of putting on our website like a volunteer form. But until then, they can email me at rachelr at lafcc.org. We welcome people to be involved and we recognize people have different levels of of involvement. Sometimes we have folks that want to come out for events. We had so many folks when we were doing pop-up events, especially for farm workers, who just wanted to come out and help us, you know, go through and do these events. So one-time events, if people want to help, we always need help. If they want to help with some of our programs like homework club or, or, you know, with youth workshops, sometimes people have this expertise that they can share, you know, about nutrition or other areas that are so important for our community members that sometimes don't have access to that. We've had groups come in and lead a yoga class or a Zumba class, you know, and um, we did glow Zumba one time. It was so much (laughs) fun, right? Um, and so we welcome all of that because it gives us some ideas of different things we can do. And it can be as, as small as one or two times or as long term as someone who came in and you know helped us for a whole semester with our homework club. So we oh. are open to that. We love having volunteers. And um, so please contact us. Awesome. And then, you know, I'll mention uh, we have you as our roundup recipient in July this year, which we're super excited about. And uh can you tell us, I mean, you have so many things going on, but do you have this uh, potentially earmarked toward anything in specific, or is this just keeping all of it rolling along? No, it's it's earmarked for our summer day camp. So we know we in the summer, it's so important that young people have some activity to do and also have a healthy meal to eat yes. because a lot of our families don't have that. And so um, we started doing the summer lunch program about 12 years ago and really have expanded it to create not just come and get a lunch, but come and have some activities. And it really helps with our partners. We try and create a a long enough day that parents who have to work can drop off their children and know they're going to be supervised. It's not daycare, it's day camp. um, And um, it allows kids to participate, have some activities. We sneak the learning in. We have themes so that they're learning so we don't get too far into that summer slide 
but this is not a funded program. This is something that we do because it's needed. Um, We get the lunches, you know, from the school district, but the staffing is, is something that we have to pay for. And it's also an opportunity for us to hire young people. So we'll hire teens to come we'll put them through training. And then we hire them to be our help us with camp counselors. So it's a great opportunity. This is, this program is only funded through donations. So any of the funds that we get through here will go for our summer camp program. Awesome. That is good to hear. Um, so our, uh, listeners, you hear that when you're checking out during a uh, month of July, <laughs> um, well, you know, Rachel, I know you are busy, um, and you are very inspiring to talk to. You've been a pleasure to speak with. And, um, I think they are fortunate that you came back to Sacramento, um, to be a part of that organization. Um, cause you're definitely, you can feel the passion and see how many things you're working on. So, I'm sure many parents are very pleased uh, with what's happening there and what's afforded uh, to them. So we uh, we thank you and we look forward to partnering in July and uh, look forward to working together. I'm sure there's more we can do together. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you, you know, uh, selecting us. We we love and support you. And, um, you know, a big thanks from the community. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh Here's, uh, I can't believe we're already at our mid-year point almost for 2020U, but uh, it's uh, it's wild. But uh, just here's to a great end of the year and more in-person events. And we look forward to, to hearing more. Sounds great. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. Great Thank talking you. today. Take care. All right. You too.